All right, let's get started today. On the MMA reaction, we're going to be talking about, uh, first up, it's going to be Chuck Liddell. So he had an interview with Ariel Hwani on uh, the MMA Hour. And I guess he was pretty serious. He said, hey, man, comeback's happening. And I want two warm-up fights, and I want to fight John Jones. And I don't know if this is like a publicity deal or if uh, like he's serious, but I hope he's not serious, man. I think uh, he's proved everything he needs to prove in the world of MMA. And uh, I just don't see why he'd want to fight Jones. But, but then again, you know, Chuck Liddell is a true fighter, true savage. And I don't think that raw emotion, that raw hunger and a guy like him ever goes away so uh, much respect him for wanting that fight or at least talking about it but man i don't want to see that as a, as a fan of chuck liddell i 100 percent don't want to see that happen because there's only so many ways it can end and it's none of it are in chuck's favor unfortunately as much as i love chuck uh that's kind of humorous i don't know maybe maybe he's just he maybe he's just trolling the media too i don't know that it's necessarily something he really wants to do but uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, next up, the ESPN slash Errol Hawani leaving MMA fighting dot com kind of deal. So we already talked about the ESPN Plus deal. They're gonna they're gonna um, they're gonna air a bunch of UFC events on their ESPN Plus application. Well, um, as predicted, they're also gonna pick up the whole new contract uh, that's expiring with Fox. So basically. ESPN is going to take over the same deal that Fox Sports has right now, which I don't think is that surprising. And I also had surmised that this whole thing about Ariel leaving MMAfighting.com to go to ESPN was in lieu of this because they're going to need an MMA team. They're going to need some analysts, and uh, who better than Ariel? So um, apparently, Chell Sonnen's going to get on board with ESPN as well, and um, they're going to do a podcast. I can't remember what they said they were going to call it, but um, so it'll be Ariel and Chell Sonnen. On a podcast uh, together, which is which should be pretty good, I think. Um, two pretty cool personalities, and uh, who doesn't want to listen to Chael talk? So, uh, going forward, I'm assuming that Fox Sports is probably going to minimize their MMA coverage quite substantially, which means that I think a lot of those uh, current and former fighters who are analysts now are probably going to have to find new work, and I don't know whether ESPN is going to pick them up or if they're SOL, I'll have to move on to different uh, avenues of media, but um, for $4.99, man, sign me up, I can't wait for that, it's going to be it's gonna be dope, uh, the contract's not up till like uh, next year, so we still got six or seven months or so of uh, Fox and all that, all that jazz. Okay, so uh, Usman beat Maya. This weekend or last weekend, whatever it was, I'm a little behind. Obviously, um, I guess that's pretty predictable. You know, if if you if Maya can't get you to the ground, then he's probably not going to win. Uh, the only time that he ever had Usman in potential trouble was against the fence, and like halfway through the first round, he had him. He's working for uh, back control, and then the referee stood him up. Uh, beside from that, I mean. It wasn't even that exciting of a fight. And, I mean, Usman for sure won. He landed better shots. He was more active on the feet. I mean, um, defended all the takedowns. I mean, he for sure definitely won the fight. Uh, but it wasn't like it wasn't like he, he, he fought that fight and everyone, holy fuck, man, this guy's a world beater. I think he looked relatively pedestrian. But that's not necessarily uh, Usman's fault because Maya's kind of made a career 
on making fighters look kind of boring. And <clears throat> I had mentioned this before, but if you look at Maya's career, I mean, he's made really exciting fighters look pretty pedestrian, pretty pretty boring. I think that's just the way he fights. That's his fight style. And, you know, credit to Maya because he stifles a lot of people. He may not win these fights, but he's still stifling some of the best fighters in the world. So uh, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to uh, put that all on Usman. I think Usman did his best, and it's just it's just that's what happens when you fight Maya. And frankly, uh, you know, Matt Sarah had talked about on his podcast about the referee uh, Leon Roberts fucking it over for Maya because in that first round, had he not stood him up, Maya might have had enough time to work for a choke or work for a submission of uh, of some kind. So, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that it is it is something out there. I mean, it is a possibility. Why stand him up? It wasn't as if they were doing nothing. It was slow for sure. I mean, it wasn't like tremendous transitions and um, to different positions, but it was. You know they were, they were both working, and I don't think it should have been stood up either. But nonetheless, Usman won. Good showing. Good for him. I'm sure he'll move on. I don't know if he'll get the title shot, but um, I mean, a fight between him and Woodley would be kind of interesting. Two wrestler strikers. Uh, I'd still would favor Woodley if that was the case. I think Woodley's a little more explosive, a little more powerful, uh, more experience. I think Woodley probably takes that, assuming his shoulders 100%. Okay, so Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington. Good, googly, moogly. I had said earlier that I was not excited for this fight because I just didn't see uh, Raquel really putting up much of a fight. And not that I'm always right. I'm not right when I predict fights, but this one was pretty easy to predict. I think. I mean, I didn't see that Rocky had anything to offer. Nothing to offer Nunez in, in terms of a challenge, in terms of... I mean, I just didn't... I mean, Rocky's super tough as, tough as shit chick. Like, she can... She's super tough, but we always associate tough fighters with taking a lot of damage, and she took a shit ton of damage. The big, the big controversy here is that after the fourth round, she had said, she's done. I'm done. I, I got nothing left, and her coaches said, "No, you don't want to do that. You need to get back in there." And of course, this this creates controversy, and and you know, hey, should have they thrown the towel in and all this stuff? And and generally speaking, when you are a fighter, and this comes from not, I obviously I don't all my fighting experience is amateur. Is no, I have no real basis, no leg to stand. I'm not a professional fighter. Never was. Never was going to be. Never wanted to be. But. As a fighter, when you sign a contract, you you know what you get into. So as a general thought, I say, hey, man, let them fight. They want to beat themselves into oblivion. Even if they're losing a fight, that's fine. With the exception of admitting that they're done. I think, you know, it's such a mental game to be in there and to be taking as much damage as she took already up to the fourth round. It's not like she even won a round. She was getting her brains beat in for four rounds she says, oh, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. And her coaches put her back in there. Of course, she defends her coaches as she should. But when you admit it's your job as a corner, as a coach, as a someone who cares about that person to protect you because, you know, you always hear those adages that, you know, some fighters are never the same after taking a beating. Um, it was said after... JDS took that beating from Kane all those years ago. He was never the same. He took so much damage. 
So to, to so for her to say, hey, I'm done, I got nothing left, they put her back in there, and then she gets demolished in the fifth round. Blood all over the place. I mean, unnecessarily smashed. Um, I think if you care about your fighter, you you save them and let them fight another day. Um, who knows if Raquel Pennington will ever be the same from this bout. There is something to be said about taking damage and trauma and CTE and all these things associated with, with uh, taking shots to the face and the head. And, and I just think that if once you mentally check out, you should be done. Throw the towel in and save them. Um, I mean, the future is the future. We'll see uh, how Raquel looks coming back. But my my initial thought is she's probably not going to look the same. Uh, she's probably she's probably not. Maybe she will. I could be wrong. But uh, I think you need to you need to save save your fighters because uh, the long term health concerns I think outweighs a fight she was never going to win in the first place. There's no chance that you know everyone talks about the hail mary punch or whatever. But I think in this particular situation, I think everyone was under the understanding that. that it, this was Amanda Nunez doing what she does and beating the fuck out of chicks because she's done it to everybody. Um, so what's next for Amanda? Who knows? I guess she could fight Cyborg, but I think Cyborg, my, Cyborg probably eats her for breakfast. I don't think anybody beats Cyborg in terms of uh, in terms of women's MMA. But you got to remember too, like, if, don't even count the steroid accusation with Cyborg. Don't even if you don't even consider the the PED use or whatever. She's an enormous woman. She walks, she probably walks at 170 to 180 pounds cut up, like shredded. She has to cut to make 145. She for sure can't make 135. So to think about how big she is. Now, Amanda Nunes makes 135 easy. Now, I'm not saying she's a small 135, but she doesn't have any, she doesn't have any struggle making 135. So for her to have to step up to 145 to face Cyborg, who cuts 30 pounds to make 145 in a division that's not competitive at all, I just do not see how anybody beats Cyborg unless they have the, the same physical dimensions. And then you have to consider the skill set. Um, if you put what Cyborg against Gabby Garcia, Gabby Garcia is probably going to win, but Gabby Garcia is as big as I am. She's 240 pounds. So. I just don't see anybody beating Cyborg too too skilled and, and her size is to her advantage, especially at that weight class. Because any of the women that she does fight at 145, they're soft. Not not that they're they're soft people. I mean obviously they're trainers, they're 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 trained fighters, but they're soft. They're not they could most of those one forty fivers have fought at one thirty five or could fight at one thirty five. Uh, and the ones that are just big and heavy don't have the skill set to keep up with Cyborg. Cyborg's a monster and uh, I don't think Anybody, they just they don't make women that big. Just the percentage of women in this world that somehow have the same skill set or the same size. You're looking at one person, that cyborg. She's the only person. She's one of a kind. There's never going to be anybody like her or uh, similar to her in this era, right? We're, we won't see it. Okay, uh, Yair Rodriguez went on the MMA Hour and he uh, kind of gave his response about being cut from the UFC. Um, he seemed like he was in really good spirits. Didn't seem to really care that much. Well, that's not really true. It's not that you don't care, but he didn't seem concerned. Uh, I'm sure financially Bellator offered him a good contract. I'm sure 
uh, I'm sure he's going to be fine. But he seemed like in good spirits. And, of course, just like all the fighters, the what the UFC puts out, and if they do put a response out, it's always different than the fighters. Basically, Yair is stating that he didn't turn down any fights, but they wanted him to fight Zabit in L.A. And he said, hey, that's a big fight. I want more money. I want to I want to negotiate some kind of deal where I'm making more money on that fight. At any time in the history of the UFC that the, another fighter wants more money inside of their contract, they always get shut down. And guess what? Hey, he got released. He's not willing to fight. Well, yeah, you're saying he is willing to fight. He's not, he's not running from anybody, but he said he wants to be compensated if it's a big fight. Which, I mean, hey, man, he's a businessman. You have to, you have to do what you have to do. I think this is a huge failure in the UFC's uh, personnel department to, to let this kid go. As, as big of a prospect he is, he's going to run over to Bellator probably. And he's probably going to be their champion. And then we'll never, you'll have to, we may never know if he could have been a champion in the UFC. Unless, unless he fights five or six times in Bellator and then comes back over to the UFC. But by then, you're talking two, three years. He's the same guy. Is he just as good? Is he better? We don't know. But we are doing a disservice to him not letting him develop in the organization that generally has the most premier talent. There are some killers in Bellator, and they are getting better and better. They are getting some really good talent, for sure. But uh, as it stands right now, the UFC is the premier place, especially in his weight division at 140. 45 pounds so nonetheless he seems like he's doing he do just fine he seemed like he was good spirits he wasn't even really mad at the UFC uh he seemed pretty good maybe that's a front but um hopefully best of luck to him uh okay so this is this was kind of interesting uh as we all know Mackenzie Dern missed weight by seven pounds in the last fight uh and she ended up smashing Amanda Cooper with a strike nonetheless right um Chael Sonnen had put a post out, and I think a couple other guys did too, about how she's a cheater. Well, isn't that like the kettle calling the pot black, right? How do you determine which is worse cheating? Uh, testing positives to ster- for, for presumably steroids or anabolic use of some kind, or coming in heavy, not not cutting enough weight. Is it the same? I mean, who's who's to say what's okay to call somebody a cheater? I, it didn't sit well with me. I'm thinking like, hey, man, you're a cheater too. So can a cheater call a cheater a cheater? I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Um, should she have made weight? For sure. Should she be on the, the straw weight rankings? Absolutely not. She could. Seven pounds is a lot to not make. It's kind of, um, at a certain point, you miss by a half pound, one pound, two pounds. Okay, it's hard. Maybe you didn't plan right. Maybe your camp didn't go well. Maybe you couldn't run. Maybe you couldn't do things. But seven pounds is negligent. Seven pounds is disrespectful. That means that you, for sure, did not put your work in. You chose to, um, you seem calculated and not make it weight. It seems soft. Uh, Mackenzie's kind of a thick chick anyway. I'm not sure that she could make 115 pounds. And I'm not even so certain that she'd be a really undersized 135, but what really needs to happen is that we need to establish a very, we need to establish a good 125 pound flyweight women's division. If we can establish a flyweight division for women, I think you'd see a lot of smaller 35ers come down. You might see some big 115ers come up. I think there's a lot of talent within that, within that 125 weight class. And I think that's what you could do. Mackenzie would slide right in there. She could make the 125 easy. 
uh, and then we won't have these issues anymore. Weight cutting in, in general is just an issue. Um, I think it was July of last year, the uh, California State Athletic Commission started the whole, we're going to do early morning weight, weight uh, weigh-ins. The idea being that that would give you that much more time to uh, hydrate before your fight the next day. Uh, but interestingly enough, all that's really done is cause more people to miss weight. And the argument is, is that when these fighters set up their fight camps, they're not allotting enough time to cut the weight. So before, before last year, they would have basically up until, you know, 5 or 6 p.m. of Friday, on that Friday evening to cut all the weight necessary. Now they got to weigh in by like 9 a.m. So from the, the athletic commission standpoint, they're thinking, oh, well, we're going to actually, we're, we're going to make this better for fighters because they'll have more water in them. But from a fighter standpoint, you're not giving me enough time to cut the weight. You know, especially some of these boys who are cutting 30 pounds or more. It takes a long time to cut that much weight. You know, it's not the first 10 pounds. It's the last five, two or three pounds that are the absolute hardest because your body just stops losing water weight. And um, there's lots of talk about how to fix weight cutting. And I, I, don't have, I certainly don't have a solution um, other than to stop having people cut weight. Just have people agree upon like a natural walking weight or or at least a fight camp weight so if you're a if you're a 155 pound fighter now and you know you're gonna cut 12 to 15 pounds to make that 150 that 155 then then fight at 170 like they say hey man we're gonna fight at 170 no weight cut let's be as healthy as possible and i don't want to lose any any strength any skill any i don't want any any fluid out of my brain before i get hit in the face Uh, i think that's probably the best solution but it but the problem is, is that there's always going to be room for fuckery in terms of fighters trying to milk the system. You know, oh, we agree upon our walking weight. Well, I'm going to tell them I'm 185, even though my my camp weight's 195 or 200 pounds. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know what to do about about that weight cutting issue, but something needs to be addressed, and we need to stop thinking that, that that's the answer is to have these restrictive weight classes. Maybe we have more, not not boxing crazy, where we have a fucking weight class every two and a half pounds. But if we just did every 10 pounds, if you did, I mean, you could even make it, you know, you'll say, oh, 125, 135, 145, 155, 165, 175, 185, 195, 205, 215, 225, and then anything above 225 would be whatever. Um, I think that would be a good solution. Yes, it's going to kind of muddy the waters a little bit because we're still going to have fighters that want to be multi-weight champions where they're fluctuating from in between 185 and 285 so they could potentially have three belts. But um, we could also just not allow that. Say, hey, man, that's your class. That's your class. Um, certain 1FC does hydration tests where you can't be a certain uh, percent more. You, there's, a, there's a limit to how much water weight you can regain after you cut weight. So if you have to jump up a weight class because you can't, because you were gaining too much weight, then that's then that's a good solution too. Maybe that is maybe that is the real answer. Um, what's next? Uh, Verdum got popped for potential PED. Says it was a misunderstanding. Um, I was just thinking it hadn't been it been a while since we had one of these. So um, Verdum's not known in the past to uh, be a user. Who knows? Um, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, 
I mean, he, he, he took something for sure. I mean, it could be as simple as taking that Keto 7 DHEA that uh, Leoto got taken on. Some of these stuff, some of it is innocuous, and there's a lot of supplements that are legit tainted because a uh, manufacturer puts a barrel of creatine in the same barrel they did some anabolic steroids, and they don't clean it properly, and then you get a little bit of residue into your creatine, take creatine, and you could pop positive, but who knows? I guess we'll, we'll see uh, how it turns out. Uh, Thompson Tills this weekend, um, what do I think about that fight? I think, I think it's a big, big bite for Till. Uh, Till is a tremendous prospect and probably you're looking at Till is the future of that division. I think he's the future. I'm not saying he's for sure going to be a world champion, but he's the future of the division in terms of world-class fighting at that weight i don't know that he's at stephen thompson level yet stephen thompson is a legit technical beast i don't know that till's ready for him it might be a really uh hard lesson learned coming this weekend because i think i think i think stephen thompson keeps him at distance although they're both pretty long um i just think stephen thompson's gonna have a lot more well in fight terms, I guess Till has two more fights, but I think Stephen Thompson probably gets it done because Stephen Thompson has the experience of fighting. And let's not forget how he had like some ridiculous number of kickboxing fights. And he was undefeated or only lost once or twice. So I think I think Thompson's at the very top of his game right now, and I think he uh, he takes Till to school. I, I don't think it'll be a world class beating, but I think it'll be a, an obvious decision. That's what I think. <clears throat> I think Till's an exceptional talent and. Uh, prospect to be looking for but i don't think he's ready for thompson just yet um the cerrone fight was substantial he looked really good but i would have liked to see him against someone like a mass vidal first um or a rds rda that's what i meant rda uh rafael DeSantis, something like that first before you get this thompson thompson woodley uh range but i think tom's gonna win decision should be an entertaining fight. And then maybe Till surprised me. Maybe he's the future now, but I don't really think so. Uh, and then finally, man, I got those pretty quick. Uh, final topic is, is, is Joanna wants a third fight with Rose, Nama Yunus. And then Rose had made a comment saying, hey, the only way I fight Joanna is that she claims that I'm better than her when I beat her again. Um, or something like that. Because the, the, the deal is, is that in both fights that Joanna lost... She always had excuses about the fight, why something happened. But the excuses aren't self-reflecting, like, oh, I needed to do this better, or I made the mistake. It's it's excuses in the terms of, well, I would have won, but this happened. And I think that hurts Rose to the point to where she goes, hey, man, I, I fucking beat you. You need to... You need to you need to recognize the fact that I was a better fighter than you, at least for that night. And she's not getting it. So um, she wants uh, an omission from Joanna saying, hey, she's a better fighter than me. I don't see a third fight happening anytime soon. Um, although I don't really know who Rose fights next at 115 pounds. Uh, it's for sure not going to be Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> although Rose also said that she wanted to test her jiu-jitsu against uh, Mackenzie Dern, which is probably a bad idea. And I don't think McKenzie can make 115 pounds anyway. She's gonna have to cut her arm off. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think I think uh, 
I think that that unnecessary trilogy between Rose and Giannis probably not gonna happen for a long time. But it's interesting to uh, hear Rose's responses. That's it, man. That's all. Twenty four minutes of me talking shit. Uh, if you did listen to this, which you probably didn't, because uh, it's pretty lonely out here in this world. But uh, if you did listen, thanks, and I'll check you later.